Good morning, it is great uh, to have you with us this morning as um, we continue to journey through the summer and it's a really exciting um, day for me because we've been given the opportunity over the summer um, to just speak about something that God has been speaking to us about, uh, which feels like such an exciting opportunity uh, to share some of a journey that I've been going on. Um, that I'm sure will connect with some of the things that you have been experiencing too. Uh, I've been surprised by how much this fits in with um, a sermon series that we were running up till the summer holidays around um, fruitful living um, and even what Steve preached about last week in terms of discipline and being prepared um, and about holiness and living holy lives. So I want us to think a little bit today about community and connection. Um, so I guess that some of you will have been thinking about this stuff as well because it's been something that's really crashed into our lives over the last 18 months, hasn't it? We've, we were going along quite happily and then we were separated and we've had various degrees of freedom to connect with others and to be part of community and we've had to learn new ways of doing that over the past couple of years. The Bible has loads to say about the importance of community and relationships and um, I struggled a bit to pick out exactly what passage of scripture was going to open this up for us um, so that I could share with you what God's been saying to me. And then in a moment of connection earlier this week as our curate team gathered to pray and chat together um, we read this passage and it all slotted into place. If you've been around church for a while, this passage is probably fairly familiar to you. Um, it's a really powerful image, isn't it, of the way that Jesus wants us to live in relationship with him. But it's connected closely to this idea of community as well. So Jesus wants us to live connected into him, living fruitful lives. And, and theologians have pondered what it, what it might be referring to. Is it the fruit of the spirit that we were looking at for those weeks running up to the summer? Is it about evangelistic fruitfulness and bringing more people to faith? Is that what Jesus is asking of us here? I think it's probably a bit of both. You see, the vine was a great choice of image for Jesus' audience. and um, It was the kind of plant that this agricultural community would have been really familiar with. They depended on it for loads of their food. Uh, they knew about vines and what happened if they got disconnected from the main route. But it also, it alludes back uh, to an Old Testament image of Israel. Uh, so we see this image used in, in things like Psalm 80, which says you brought a vine out of Egypt. Ezekiel and Hosea both use this image to address the nation of Israel, calling them back to covenant relationship with God. And in this particular context, it really looks like Jesus is trying to echo um, a passage from Jeremiah. Um, so the Greek translation of the Old Testament um, uses this passage this, from um, Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 21 and it says, Yet I planted you a fruit-bearing vine, all true. How then have you turned to bitterness, O wild vine? 
Israel disconnected from God bears bitter fruit. It's not the fruitful expression of covenant life with God when it becomes disconnected from his commands. It no longer is able to reflect the joy and beauty of life that is lived connected to God. And it becomes um, separated from the distinctiveness and attractiveness that it's supposed to embody to the rest of the world. And it's the same for us. If we become disconnected from God, we won't live the fruitful lives that are characterised by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of these things that we thought about, these important um, aspects of living a fruitful life come from our connection to God. And if we don't have those things going on in our lives, then we might be able to still tell people about Jesus, but we won't be effectively showing people what life with Jesus should look like. Israel was called to be a witness to God's faithfulness. They were called to be blessed and be a blessing, to be an example to the nations of what covenant life with God looked like. And when they became disconnected, they failed to be that example. Covenant connectedness to God is a vital ingredient of our ability to do just the same thing. We as Christians are the new people of God, joined with Israel to be an example of God's goodness and faithfulness. Just believing that Jesus died for you isn't the point of a Christian life. Just treating others well isn't the point of a Christian life. Christian life should be a demonstration of the fullness of a life lived in covenant relationship with God through Jesus. It should point others to his faithfulness, the fruitfulness that flows out of a life connected to Jesus. But how do we do that? Well, I've grown up my whole life in church. Uh, I became a Christian when I was six years old, and so I've heard some sermons in my time. And that's more years than some of you are thinking. Um, often, when you hear people preach on this passage, they'll say something about um, the importance of having a solid pattern of personal prayer and Bible study. And of course, they're right. You won't stay connected to someone for very long if you completely ignore them. And that's true of Jesus, too. But I think there's something more. I think one of the things that helps keep us connected to Jesus is his church. Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 25 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. 
having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In this passage, we've got um, connectedness to God through faith. We've got um, verses 24 and 25 with this beautiful image of community. Consider how we can spur each other on to love and good deeds. How we can help each other to live these fruitful lives. Not giving up on meeting together, but love one another, encourage one another more and more as you see the day approaching when Jesus comes back. Steve talked last week, didn't he, about that day is coming and it's not, we don't know when it's going to be and we should be prepared, we should be living holy lives. And part of that is this encouragement to one another to keep seeking out fruitfulness, to keep connected to God and we do that by being connected with one another. We need each other. A huge part of what keeps us going on our journey of faith is one another. Any time that you might have experienced where you weren't too keen, where you struggled, where things were difficult, think about what drew you back. For loads of you, that will be somebody who loved you from church, encouraging you, holding on to you, drawing you back into relationship with God. They might be doing that by praying for you and with you. They might be doing that by encouraging you with scripture, but they have a role to play in that connection that carried on. Connectedness and community is interesting though because it's both a need and it's a discipline. Do you remember this time last year when we were so desperate to be connected to others that we were willing to spend our evenings on Zoom doing quizzes? We're made to live connected lives. Just as the vine's not only connected to the stalk, but it's connected to the whole rest of the plant, all the other leaves and branches. We're meant to stay connected to everything else that forms part of God's kingdom, everything else that's part of God's creation, of God's church. We're connected into that as we're connected into Jesus. Genesis 2.18 tells us it's not good for man to be alone. Adam had God, he had creation, but he needed other people to share life with. It's important for us to have people to journey with. In Luke 10, we see that Jesus sends out the 72, but he sends them in twos because we need someone to go with us on the journey. But it also requires discipline, doesn't it? I've been in a lot of cell groups, house groups, missional communities, and some of them have been genuinely brilliant. But with all of them, I've had days where I haven't wanted to go. I've got home from work and thought, I'd rather watch TV, had a long streak where I'd rather go to the Trafford Centre. Uh, I'd even sometimes rather clean the house 
then go and chat with others about Jesus all night. And if you're honest, you probably have to. But that's why the writer to the Hebrews is saying, don't give up on gathering together. Other Christians can be hard work. You know who you are. <laughs> we can be too tired or too busy, but being connected to God has to do with being connected to the people of God. The kingdom is a lot more corporate and communal than our culture would have us be. Despite what you might have been told about Christianity, it is not your personal relationship with your Lord and Saviour. There's some other people in that relationship too, and you might not even like all of them. But you are called to love them and pray for them and encourage them to be more and more who God created them to be. A theologian called John Collins says this, when we become part of the church, we join a web of relationship with other members, all of whom are connected to Christ. The lives of the members are woven together by an invisible bond of the Holy Spirit. We all depend on one another. And generally speaking, the life of Christ comes to us mediated through other Christians. To abide in Christ is to use our connection to other Christians, the vehicle by which Christ ministers life to us. And each of us is a, a vehicle of Christ's life to others. I wonder if that relates anything to how you see yourself when you come to church. Do you consider yourself as part of the church to be a vehicle of the life of Christ to the people that you meet? Do you receive that from them when you come? Or is it just something that you do as a pattern of prayer and worship to keep you connected to God? Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens the face of his neighbour. The kind of relationship that God intended for us should sharpen us and make us better. This kind of real relationship is the kind that the world needs us to model. Where we are fully accepted and loved and therefore we're able to challenge and encourage one another so that we become fruitful. We're connected to God and to one another. So as we move forward, and especially as we come out of this period where connection has been so difficult, I think it's really important that as a church, we take the opportunity to live in real community, connected to God and to one another, witnessing to the faithfulness of God through our fruitfulness as we encourage, inspire and challenge and above all else love one another in a community that welcomes and encourages those who come through its doors. And we welcome people into that covenant relationship with God, just the same way as Israel was called to model the goodness of God in their covenant life with one another. That's what the church needs to be. And as we open up new opportunities, let's seek 
ways to press into relationship with one another. Let's find ways to connect. And that might still have to be quite creative in how we do that, but let's definitely seek out ways to do this stuff that Jesus calls us to, because that is what church is really all about. We are, um, we have a, a whole jigsaw here in church and if you're available this week, if you couldn't be with us on Sunday, but you'd like to come and pick up a jigsaw piece to remind you that you are connected to a bigger picture. And perhaps you would like to take one to a friend who needs to be reminded of their part too, of their connection to us as church, to you as their friends and people who point them towards Jesus. Then we'll make some of those available to come and just pick up uh, from the front of church. Um, let's pray as we seek to put some of this stuff into action. Lord Jesus, thank you that you call us your friends. Thank you that you call us into covenant relationship with you and with one another. Thank you that our life together should sharpen us and draw us more and more into fruitful living as we seek to become the people that you've called us to be. And we pray that this week you would give us uh, opportunities that you would remind us of the people who we need to draw back into that connectedness with you. The people who we need to love and encourage. Father, we pray that you would make us bold to encourage and challenge one another. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.